Dave Champion here. I want to share with you a phone call that I received from a buddy of mine who is a retired police executive. He called me the other day and he was fit to be tied. He has relatives that live in California, Southern California in particular. And the community in which they live, or at least the community through which his relative was driving to go to work, has a 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. curfew. So he's driving and a police unit lights him up, pulls over. Cop comes to the window and says, do you have your papers proving you're an essential worker? Needless to say, this is appalling in the United States. Oh, I'm not sure California is. Is California part of the United States anymore? Or they're full-on communist. Anyway, so there's a couple of issues here. But the main thing is, this is Nazi stuff. You're on the street. Show me your papers that you are government authorized to be out of your house. Okay. Insane. Now, there are two levels of legal issues here. And let me quickly cover each of them. One is, would it, if challenged in court and went up the food chain, would it be found constitutional to tell people who are presumably healthy they can't go out of their homes between this time and this time? You don't know that they're sick. You don't know that they're infecting anybody. You don't know. You have absolutely no particularized cause or suspicion, right? Can you tell them to stay home? I, I'm pretty sure a court would say, no, sorry, that doesn't fly. And the second issue, and the one that probably, as former law enforcement, irks me the most, there was zero reasonable suspicion. Now, I'm not going to go into the whole reasonable suspicion thing, but I will quickly say that you, you have to have, as a law enforcement officer, reasonable suspicion to make a temporary detainment. And then you have to discern that the information you possess that led you to believe a crime might be committed and this guy might be involved, that you have decided that's not so, and you let the person go. Or you question the person and you reach the higher level of probable cause and then you put silver bracelets on them and take them off to jail. Okay, so that's how the reasonable suspicion probable cause thing works. However, for reasonable suspicion, and there's a reason that the word reasonable is in there, okay? A reasonable officer, that's, that's according to the courts, not me, a reasonable officer has to be in possession of information that would lead a reasonable officer to believe a crime is being committed and that it's being committed by that person. The officer has to be able to say, I have enough particularized information about that guy or that car. Guy's driving down the street, minding his own business. He's not violating the vehicle code. So what particularized information did that law enforcement officer have, as he's, we'll say he's parked and he sees this guy go by, what particularized information was possessed by that officer that would lead him to believe that that car and that driver were engaged in criminal conduct? Yeah. Bubkiss. Zero. This is Nazi shit right here. I have long said, and cops do this so often, and I find it so egregious, and I used to preach this, okay, when I was training.
the door you crack open to doing worse shit is when you ignore reasonable suspicion because one, it's a constitutional right. Okay, so once you crack the door open and say, you know what, yeah, screw reasonable suspicion. I'm going to concoct some fantasy in my head for which I have no articulatable facts. I'm going to concoct some fantasy and I'm going to pull this guy over. Okay, once you've gone there, where's the line? Years ago, I heard an audio recording actually made by the detective, which is really the boneheaded thing, where they had entered a guy's house looking for some sort of firearms. I forget, it's been too many years now. And the conversation that ensued between the two detectives was, well, we don't really have any probable cause to be in this guy's house. So how are we going, literally, how are we going to manufacture the probable cause that doesn't exist? <laughs> okay. So guess where that mentality begins? That mentality begins, okay, that's probable cause, right? That mentality begins down here when you start cracking the door open to violating the constitutional rights of the public, which are expressed in law enforcement training as you must have reasonable suspicion. So that's what's going on in Southern California. Now, my buddy, of course, being a retired law enforcement executive, he was like, if that had been me, I would have said, hey, hook me up because this is going to be the test case that goes to the courts. But yeah, so the family member didn't do that. But I did want you to know that that's exactly what's going on right now in America. Again, is California part of America? So if that happens to you, because I know there's a lot of different governments that are putting curfews in place. So if that happens to you, you should definitely get your phone on the record mode, put it in your lap, whatever, and say to the officer who's standing at your window, can you please articulate for me your reasonable suspicion to believe that I'm violating the law? That's super, super important. If you don't fight back, if you don't push back against this, yeah, it's only going to get worse and worse and worse. And I'm giving you, in this video, the tools to fight back. I mean, you all have a phone, you all have a record mode, so that's what you're going to do. If you get pulled over during hours of curfew, you're going to put the phone on your thigh with the recording running, and you're going to ask the officer straight up, what is your reasonable suspicion? Don't say probable cause. Reasonable suspicion to believe I have engaged in criminal conduct. Okay? It, it kills me when I see these people all the time in these videos. All they've been is temporarily detained. And they'll say, what's your probable cause? And the cop is just like, shut up, dude. <laughs> because he knows the guy's an idiot. Because he's saying probable cause to affect a temporary seizure, a detainment. All he needs is reasonable suspicion. So if you get pulled over, don't say probable cause. <laughs> say reasonable suspicion. And if you want to know a whole lot more about how the law operates, may I encourage you to go to drreality.news and get a copy of Income Tax Shattering the Mist. Now, you may think that you read Income Tax Shattering the Mist and all you're going to learn in there is income tax law. No, there is so much history. There is so much, I guess what I would refer to as fundamental laws, principles of law. Let's say you read it at 37. These principles of law, you can still apply when you're 90. They are timeless principles of law that show crystal clear that the income tax doesn't apply to the vast majority of Americans. The Congress never imposed it on the vast majority of Americans. It's probably a more legally accurate way to put it. But the way, you, the, the way the courts have gotten there over the years and the way the government has acknowledged the truth of what I'm telling you over the years, yeah, it relies on all those core fundamental legal principles that you will learn in Income Tax Shattering the Mist. So I suggest you go to drreality.news and learn some really cool stuff.